They are the backbone of chefs and cooks here in the Comox Valley. They're incredibly important, and we're going to talk about them today. I'm chef and host Jonathan Fraser. And I'm William Stringer, realtor and host of The Weekend Show on 98.9 Jet FM. And I'm the owner here at Locals Restaurant, and today we're going to talk about the North Vancouver Island Culinary Association. This is the Edible Valley Podcast. Do you ever wonder where your food comes from? That's what got us started on this adventure. In each episode, we ask experts to weigh in on the food topics that matter to you, from growers to producers to chefs. And I challenge John, Darren, and you to learn more about your food and the stories behind it. From our hub on Vancouver Island in the beautiful Comox Valley, join us as we explore our edible valley. And a very good day to you. I'm really excited about this one because I'm I'm doing the best thing for me. I'm being a layman. <laughs> I'm, I'm a layman in so many areas of my life. Uh, but I'm learning. Uh, we're going to talk about the Chefs Association. Uh, to my right, I've got Leslie. Leslie, what is your position at the Chefs, Chefs Association? Um, I am uh, currently the president of the North Vancouver Island branch. Uh, I have a multitude of hats, so, <laughs> like most people I, I do. She's got a uh, lot of hats. <laughs> I have a lot of hats. Uh, with the Culinary Association, I am also on the uh, national board as the ethics chair. Um, and I work a lot with um, the, the competitions and that sort of thing, which is really odd because I am not a, com a competitor. I never was. Right. But um, it's more of a support thing for supporting students that want to do that. Okay. I always say with Leslie, if there's a chef in Canada, there's a 99% chance she knows who they are yeah. and has oh, met them wow. on several occasions. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So is it is it right to describe the chef's association as kind of, as kind of a backbone of chefing here in the Comox Valley? I think it's the backbone of the learning piece okay. and the support piece. Okay. That's what we like to do um, because there is uh, it, it is so far reaching. So we cover a lot with the college, the okay. high schools. So the, the pieces that you maybe don't necessarily associate with it, as well as going into different kitchens and uh, uh, meeting different chefs and cooks, at, but, but also students as well. So, Amazing. Yeah. So I imagine there's, there, there's a bit in any small community in Canada, a bit of a brain drain if someone wants to be an amazing chef, like in any industry, oh, do I go to Vancouver, do I go to Victoria? But this, as a valley, you can really excel. I get the, the impression food in this valley has, has just skyrocketed over the last couple of decades. What would you say about that? Absolutely. And I think that the whole local movement has been something that has really, really worked well for the Comox Valley because they were doing it long before it was ever really trendy or anything like that. And mostly just because of our isolation, a right. lotly. Uh, and uh, so we, we built on that right from the very beginning. And uh, we've also, we're very lucky that we have uh, not one, but we have two schools in a relative proximity, uh, both VIU in Nanaimo and uh, uh, NIC in Campbell River. So to have that uh, support, to be able to support those culinary uh, programs is, is, is very unique for, for uh, such a small area. So you've got some events coming up. We were actually talking about this a little bit before the podcast started. 
Um, we were talking about how breweries, I mean, breweries have popped up left, right and centre in the last decade in this Comox Valley. And I was at Ace Brewing last week. I tried their brisket, the slow-cooked sous vide brisket burger. They are, they are taking food to another level. But that seems to be something that a lot of the breweries are doing. It's not just about pulling mm -hmm. up at a tavern and pouring a beer. Uh, Absolutely. What, what, what are the events you're doing at the moment with the breweries? Uh, well, in, in a couple of weeks, we're actually doing a, a, a brewery uh, tour, uh, just uh, reacquainting ourselves with them. Brewery tour. That, yes. Is that code? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. We haven't done it. I was going to say, I think the last time we did it, there was only about uh, a small group of us. And we went around and did it in January, just kind of on our own. And we learned a lot just by doing that. This is actually a little bit more structured. We want them to be a, expecting us, uh, knowing what we're looking for, um, how they, um, they can expand their repertoire um, and, and showing us what they're doing. Because okay. uh, a lot of the things that you, the, the bonus with, with being in a brewery is that you have access to beer. And I know that sounds really funny, <laughs> but it's true. Uh, why can't you be marrying that with, with what you're, you're serving yeah. um, as, as far as food is concerned? Whether you're actually putting it in the food or you are making sure that they work together. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, that's the piece of taking it to the next level. And as I said to you, there is no excuse for bad food in this valley. Absolutely <laughs> no. not. Really, no. I don't think, you know, whether it's, it's between uh, what is available for product um, or uh, what is available for expertise and for people who have so much knowledge in, in the food end of food. You know, so. Now, you have to excuse me, but a lot of my references are from the UK, but I'm aware that since the smoke... Oh, my microphone's disappearing. Hello. Yeah. Uh, since the smoking ban that I know um, came to Canada as well, mm. pubs have slowly evolved from being these kind of late night tavern sort of places where you have drinks and, and it's mostly guys to almost being these gastro pubs to be in these places that you can come, have world-class foods, and it's really something that if you don't do food, you don't survive as a business. They've really transformed since the smoking ban to being almost bistros that whole families can come to. Mm. Uh, is it that was, the kind of thing was, that's happened here too? It was a lot of things that changed because it wasn't just the smoking ban. It's change, changes in the liquor laws. Oh, yeah, and especially post-COVID, we've, we've had a huge amount. And they are things that really, as restaurant people and chefs, we've been fighting for for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the fact that they've actually finally started to morph is wonderful yeah um the the smoking ban is is a was a big deal um but it's also the an, an almost a natural evolution of uh, the aging population and the uh, the way people are seeing places to go out now yeah. and also wanting to be inclusive in terms of having, um, you know, their kids be able to come with them. I mean, I mean, I, I'm really gonna, I can remember when you were separated, you know, there was a ladies entrance and a men's oh. entrance. <laughs> and that says it all, ladies yeah. and men, okay? Yeah, right. Um, so the other piece there is the acknowledgement that you can have really, really good food that doesn't necessarily have to be what we classify as fan, fine dining. Fine dining is something that's very, uh, very separate, mm. but having food that is good and healthy, tasty, reasonably priced, uh, and that you want to keep coming back to, and you can afford, right. um, 
is is not something that it should be out of reach for everybody. I love the the social atmosphere of it. I I've always loved that food is something that brings people together. Mm-hmm. Right. And so and then and that's what I find with a lot of these brew pubs is they've given you that opportunity to come together. And now that they're leading, that you can bring families in and and do that. It's it's making it a much more social event. And so it's not about getting drunk, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which I hate to say out loud. It's about actually just going out and and connecting with people. Didn't you just put a beer tap in your house, John? I may have put a beer tap on it. <laughs> and, that, and that may be a... You're so hoping s- people are going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> That's called chucking your mate to the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I got the invitation. Yeah. I know. They still haven't shown up. So yeah. I don't know if it's working out for me yeah. yet. Yeah. No, but I mean, excellent point. Um, uh, you, I've got to add this. It might not be the most fashionable thing, but do you think there's a move towards lower alcohol and having them as more general social places as someone mm-hmm. who would love to drink beer but can't because he just gets just catastrophically drunk on one pint yeah um well there's a lot more alcohol that's not alcohol anymore is it that beers that have no alcohol, cocktails that have no alcohol? Right. Yeah. You know, so I think that that whole movement, yeah. if you had asked a restaurant person whether or not that they could make a profit on a non alcoholic cocktail 30 years ago, they'd tell you, what, what would be the point? Why? It's like, <laughs> why? Laugh at you. <laughs> yeah. Whereas now it's actually seen as something that's quite viable. I mean, yeah. yeah. And people will actually spend money to, to do that. There are even alcohol-free pubs in places like mm-hmm. London, UK, mm-hmm. that are that are appearing. And the next generation is it Generation X after the millennials? The usual shrug. They are actually drinking less mm-hmm. than the the generation before them, the millennials, which I'm part of. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's an interesting trend, and I'm wondering if if breweries now are jumping onto that bandwagon. I would think they would have to. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we've all seen that, is that if you don't, it doesn't mean you have to take everything in, but if you don't acknowledge that piece, even when uh, more stringent laws for drinking and driving came in, as, mm-hmm. a, as a, an establishment, if you didn't acknowledge that you had a uh, designated driver or you had something available for them or you were watching right. out for them, you were going to get left behind in yeah. one way or another. Yeah. Whether it's just that people will stop going there or it's that you, you're legally um, responsible. You know, it's, it's like yeah. it, those things are going to change anyway. How much or how little they change will, remains to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're slipping away from the Chefs Association. I know we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's great conversation. Yes. But we should go back because uh, the Chefs Association is no longer called the Chefs no. Association. And maybe you'd like to explain that okay. one to us. Uh, this came up uh, a few years ago, actually. It started at the national level. Uh, it was always uh, the Canadian Culinary Federation. And they d- went into a rebranding. Um, about five or six years ago, and um, dropped it down to just the Culinary Federation. And when I I was uh, involved in a lot of those um, meetings and workshops at the national level, and when we came back here, one of the things that we've always found, the minute we walk into a kitchen where we're not known, is the whoever is on the line or behind the stove says, oh, I'm not a chef, I can't join. And we kept hearing this over and over again. So we thought, well, wait a minute. Our organization is made up of a really broad cross-section. 
It includes um, chefs, cooks, line cooks, mm. culinary students, apprentices, and associates. And associates, we can't survive without them. They are our fishermen, our, our uh, farmers, our yeah. producers, <clears throat> uh, and also just people who want to be involved with us. Yeah. Because we usually got our head down in the kitchen, and we need somebody to do our front end with us. So we always welcome other people uh, to come and, and who want to hang out, talk about food, hang, and, and work with chefs. Yeah. It's a super important. So we took a really close look at that and said, Said, okay, we're going to change our name from the North Vancouver Island Chefs Association to the North Vancouver Island Culinary Association because we wanted to be more inclusive. We felt that this is really important so that the first thing out of people's mouths when we arrive is not, well, I'm not a chef. I yeah. can't be a, a part of this. Yes, you can. Uh, it's, it's just a willingness to, to be a part of it. And you don't have to come to everything. It's not like you've sold your soul. I mean, Jonathan and I may have, but you know, <laughs> that's a little different. Um, but it's, it's a matter of uh, plugging into an association that is doing things, that is reaching out, is involved in the high schools, is involved in the, in the uh, culinary programs at the colleges. It is working with people that are opening new kitchens, doing new things. And if you only want to do just a little piece of it, fine, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, if, just do the small piece. If that, you just want to come for what? a little food, yeah. just to yeah. sample some, some stuff, that's, that's fine an opportunity. Too. I imagine if you're someone that's doing a cook, that's a cook or someone that's a part-time chef somewhere, mm. you might think, well, no, this is for the people at the top or this is for specific. No. But it doesn't work if all the pieces of the jigsaw aren't in there. Yeah, Because absolutely. everyone has a perspective. Absolutely. And, and I mean, if we were all only restaurateurs or executive chefs, it would be pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I just want to talk about Leslie here because I feel like she brought that to the North Vancouver Island Chefs oh. Association. Because at one time it was, I mean, the Chefs Association was considered an old boys club, you know. Right. Yeah. I remember my first meeting, I walked in and it was all the chefs I had worked under uh, and my yeah. so it's almost career. a little bit threatening. It was a little bit threatening because yeah. it was really intimidating because yeah. it was all the guys who had yelled at me and you right. know yeah. Yeah. made yeah. you feel stupid and, and tortured me for how many years yeah. and then all of a sudden, <laughs> but then it was rewarding because I was sitting at the table with these people. He knows your a, names, by the way, as an yeah. equal. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was. It was really it, for me. It was a, a nice thing, and I slowly started getting more and more involved. And the more I got involved, the realized that I wanted to. I wanted to be more, I thought this would be better if it was broadened, you know? And Leslie came in and was like, brought in the associates, brought in the farmers, brought in all these other people and just opened up the organization to everyone. Right. And yeah. it just, and all of a sudden now you're, I can't believe how many cooks I've worked with that I've just been like, oh, I'm really short someone. And they're like, oh, I can work for you. And it's like, it's perfect, right? So it's relevant. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. And really that's the, and that's the thing that um, needs to, you know, you need to come back. This is our professional association. Every, every profession has one, and it, it speaks to you and for you. And so therefore, we need to be accountable to the, the cooks and chefs in the valley. Mm. So it, it, it's very much a two-way street that way. We are there to mentor people, to support them, but we also are looking for mentors within our community mm. to step up and be willing to. I am forever matching up students and, and chefs or cooks or kitchens. And as you know, it, it, you just mentioned uh, being at a, a, a brew pub. 
there's no reason that a student can't go in and learn things there right. and be an, an apprentice. But they have to be able to get something out of it, and we have to know that they're not going to be the abuse that, that Jonathan put up with. <laughs> I mean, it's okay to be told you, you know, you've done it wrong, but there's, there's also a support system there that needs to be built in. So, and, and every, all the students are different, and some of them will thrive in certain cultures and others will thrive in others, and it's, it's our, all almost my, I feel personally that it's our mission and, and vision to be able to bring them all up and to be able to match them up with the best place for them to thrive. Okay, so a little bit of a juicy question from the Chefs Association. Um, this kind of Gordon Ramsay style, you're doing it wrong in the kitchen. Is that more of a thing in the past? Was it ever really a thing? And is it as much of a thing now? It, it is in some ways because being in a kitchen is very, very stressful, first off. Yeah. It's very high energy and... A lot of adrenaline. Yeah, a lot of adrenaline. And I know that um, I'm not particularly aggressive in a lot of ways, but I've had my husband turn to me and say, I'm not your staff. Wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, and, and so some people would say, you mean, you know, you shouldn't be talking to your staff that way either. It's true, but there is also a point where there's an understanding in the kitchen that you have a, a sense of expediency. Mm. I can't be um, worrying about how I'm going to get the message across. I need it, and I need it now, yeah. and it needs to be done properly. Yeah. And you have to be very, very clear about that. And we're constantly evolving and working with this. Mm. So uh, every chef is going to be different. There are always going to be times when you're going to lose your temper. You will in, in any pressure cooker situation. It's a matter of you know coming back to it and saying, okay, are you okay with that? You know, We had a really tough night. A few things fell apart, and um you know we did the best we could i know from um being around the atlas cafe that their way of uh, dealing with this because there's a lot of heat in the kitchen it's an incredibly small kitchen they're like a little army in there mm -hmm. everyone's doing their job there's a lot of passion but they they have the procedures in place yes so when the chef goes we're running low on this the message gets around through front of house staff. When you want to speak to the chef, you say, chef, may I speak? There's the, the systems in place. Absolutely. Does it work 100% of the time? Mm. If anyone says in their kitchen it, it works 100% of the time. They're lying. They're, they're, they're lying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, but you every, try. You, you, you do. And, and with the systems, it, it works 99% mm -hmm. of the time. Yeah. yeah. And it's very creative. So when you get... You know, it, it, it's, it's the science of being in the kitchen where it's, you know, the things, some things you can't move. You cannot, you, you cannot create something. I mean, I remember having a practically knock down, drag them out fight, fight with my chef because we'd run out of rack of lamb. It was, there was only some in the freezer. I love, Somebody I love, I had love just drama. ordered it <laughs> and, and I'm going, no, it's like, pull it. Because by the time it gets, and we have no microwave at this time, by the time it gets um, thawed, semi-cooked, and then it was going to be wrapped in puff pastry on top of it, there's no way that that rack of lamb is going to be what we consider the standard we want to have. Right. And so we're better off to say, I'm very sorry. Please come back if this is the thing that you really, really mm. wanted. Um, make it sweet for the customer, but don't serve something that's substandard either. Well. You know, and yeah. 
that's you know when you're in a situation like that it it it's very hard to turn away money um, it's, but it's, you need to be yeah. Yeah, Clear. long, long thinking, long term. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I know it bites me every time that yeah. you put a plate up there and you just and you see it and you're like, there's something a little bit wrong, yeah. and then you're looking at the list and you're like, uh, yep. do I let it go? And yes. it should be fine, or you're like, no, I should pull it back and, Here's and put the thing, that extra yeah. time. You because know? to you as a chef, that's one of however many hundred meals that go out, dessert, starters, yep. mains, but. To one person, that's something they've been looking forward to for weeks. They've Absolutely. been earning the money for it. Yep. They've been telling, oh, I'm looking forward to going to locals or mm-hmm. land and sea yeah. or wherever, wherever it may it is. be. It's yeah. their yeah. hard work and, and it is our jobs to make sure they have a good time. Yep. It's their hard earned money yep. that they're spending yeah. on you. Yeah. The one line that I hate the most is it's good enough. Yes. No. To me, that makes me just squirrely. Yeah. It really, really does. You imagine if it's your relatives, if it's, yeah, just, you know. And, and it's about delivering what you said you're going to do, like what the, the menu says and where it's, that's where it's important to communicate with your, your front staff and that sort of thing, just because you need to all be on the same page. Yeah. And I've, I've done it a bunch of times where I just pull down a dish and say, no, not no. going. Nice. And you just see the staff, they're just like, but. And I'm like, come on, guys. And they're like, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you there's, know there's a heated moment. And then once they look down at it and they're like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have done that, you know? So, yeah. so we've had my layman question. John's got a, a few higher, higher end questions. Well, you know what? We've been talking about the Chefs Association. We've talked about why people should get involved about it. But like, let's talk about some of the events because we're oh, talking yeah. about, uh, we've talked about the beer tour. Yep. So we've, all, we've all. done a lot of things. Like uh, COVID was obviously like many people, we pulled really back we needed to keep everyone safe um we last learned how year to do we kind of took baby steps <laughs> as far as re being involved with things um but this year we've really really come out gangbusters as of january we've mm, got lots nice. of things on the go uh we were at the philberg summer kitchen for a january social we ran a workshop on fermentation and canning um and we included the uh, farmers market people if they wanted to be with us i miss that one and it, everyone I, that went was like it was incredible yes. they had so, they learned so much i had a couple of my cooks go in there and we're like yeah and they I've kept, I've been going through all their notes and, and stuff lately. So it, it was really, really nice to be able to work because yeah. the really cool thing about that workshop is that even people who've been canning for a while or fermenting for a while came. So it wasn't just standing there listening to one person. We had one person adjudicating and basically doing a lot of the organizing piece of it, but then we brought in multiple other members and people that were going to be there to bring in their expertise, whether it was food safe, marketing, um, different, and and we even went through, it was held at the Pickle Carrot uh, Kitchen, and so Steve did a tour of how to use different machines. Muriel did a discussion on how to use uh, auctions and you know, if you're building a kitchen, I mean, all different pieces, really, really awesome. Uh, and then, yeah, what other, what, let, we should power through because I know we're getting low on time here, but yep. uh, what other events have we got coming up here? Coming up, okay, well, we've just come through skills. So the regional skills will right. be supporting people going to the provincial skills. Um, I will be judging there probably in April. We're doing a forest to dinner tour. Uh, it's a um, foraging company that is out of Qualicum and that will be for, uh, it's uh, towards the end of April. We are doing um, a dinner at Seaview Farms. We're mm-hmm. renting their pavilion wow. the end of May, and we're doing a whole lamb on a spit. 
Ooh, which is yeah. kind of cool. Um, yeah, it, that's that's always fun. <laughs> um, the uh, the national the it's the 60th anniversary for the Culinary Federation. The national uh, conference is the first week of June. That will be in Niagara Falls. So several okay. of us are going to that, and I, that will be. I may full be on. actually going to that. Yeah. That is a, I'm, Niagara, I'm really pushing him. <laughs> yeah, Niagara is a really uh, foody and yes. whiny and yeah. everything sort of area. I was there last year, and it's. Yeah. I have to say I, I've done a couple tours of their the college that's there and it is really cool to go and see what they're yeah. doing there because they're, they're growing their grapes they've got a distillery program it, it's always nice to see what the rest of the world is doing yeah. it is so neat and this uh, year the Nor I'm gonna say it wrong uh, it's it's the Nordic countries are actually doing a full um, afternoon workshop I believe and the Nordic countries are Finland Norway Sweden Iceland Denmark and they've actually asked to come to this event so that is really cool wow, to have them awesome. presenting to us and then uh, we will be involved in the seafood festival the end of June as well oh, up, yeah. up Mount yeah. Washington yeah yes <laughs> oh. uh, yes we will be doing the um, a collaboration with uh, the Pacific Halibut and with the North Island College to do the uh, uh, I guess the intro lunch on the Friday afternoon and also doing one of the master classes with the halibut because we have a, a collaboration with that. The other thing that I do want to talk about quickly is that we normally do the food fest. Anyone who has heard uh, these um, us talk about uh, the association before knows that we work with the Car Comox Valley Farmers Market. Yep. And we just it. just come out of one on the uh, March 4th. We did one there and we did awful, which was really challenging and really interesting and turned a lot of people on their heads as far as, ooh, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, okay, this summer, instead of doing a really big one with the main Saturday event, we're going to be working more with the, um, the Wednesday, and we're gonna be there once a month, and we're going back to uh, our basics with the farmer's market. Is that the Wednesday farmer's the, the market Wednesday, in downtown Courtney? Yeah, uh, yeah. on Duncan. Okay. And um, they're going to be working uh, to, we're, we're doing more teaching piece in it and demonstrations on how to pres uh, how to do more basic recipes and how to actually navigate the farmers market for people who have never been there before. Okay, this is a great idea. Okay? The farmers market is the if you wanted to get healthy, you wanted to tap in to the local food scene. Go to the farmers market is job one you yeah. will not regret it so it'll be utilization of available products simple recipes shopping in season and um so because a lot of people they they have the opportunity to go to something like that and they're overwhelmed they don't know understand how to make it work for them mm. so we're doing it at the wednesday market because it's much smaller we've got a much better control yeah. and um so it's not as overwhelming mm. and we're working in conjunction some uh community partners as well um, other communities or other parts of the community and so we'll be doing things like really simple like like fresh salsa applesauce um, soups some stocks yeah. you know things like that building blocks so that people can actually work with the market um, when they have the opportunity to go there whether it's with the coupon program or with any of the other programs that are already in place so that they're not overwhelmed. Yeah. And uh, because if you, if you haven't been brought up on the farmer's market, 
And it can be very challenging the first time, especially the Saturday market on, you know, when it's full on in the mm. summer. I mean, you, as you know, oh, it's huge. Yeah, and it's, it's just like, how do I, how do I cope 70, with this? 70, 80 stalls sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. So this is bringing it down and, and simplifying it. So we will be there once a month. So it will be much uh, lower key and more communication with the, the people that are needing those pieces. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, 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 th I support that. That's a a real way of local people tapping into that local food scene at that base level. Mm -hmm. It's not in a threatening way, it's in a way where you're gonna walk away and think, wow, I learned so much there. You're gonna feel inspired and you're gonna go away and, yeah. and start actually using this amazing community food community so when you ask what the culinary association does in the valley that's just one of our many community yeah. pieces yeah. so how do you describe that i mean we do the food <laughs> fest we also do a raffle for transition house yeah. for a, a dinner so those are all pieces that we give back to the community and you can be a part of that you know come out to one of our food fests and either volunteer or even just come and see what we're doing I have Perfect. one more thing, and I know Will wants to shut her down because we're, we're going late, <laughs> no, we but I love it. Uh, and it's because it's coming up time right now is that new chefs and cooks and even old chefs that have been around for a while, uh, we do have a huge bursary system. Yes. And sorry, we're not. Are we doing bursaries? Or are we doing scholarships? Scholarships. We're doing scholarships. Bursaries are dead. Yeah. Well, we bursaries are, are based on whether uh, on need and where scholarships is more something you earn. Okay. Right. That's so we, that's we went to a scholarship system. And so there's a lot of money that the organization has that's available for people who want to move forward in the industry. Mm -hmm. And it's something that a lot of people don't apply for. And it's very easy to get is you come out and join us in events yeah. and you right. volunteer. You just, you just participate. Yeah. Really. And, and it's all fun. Like when you talk about a chef screaming at you, I can promise you nobody's ever been screamed at at any of our events. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. And if you work very hard, you could be the one doing the screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Not allowed. <laughs> Not allowed. That was Not a joke. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Leslie, president of the Chef Association here in uh, North Island, thank you yes. so much for You're joining welcome. us. I, I learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot. Yeah. Yes. And we're going to have her back. Yes. With Tammy from uh, the uh, Isfield. Yes. Yes. From amazing. She's the culinary club at Isfield, and she does amazing work. And we'll set you up with uh, Land and the Rock Patrol Cruiser at 98.9 Jet FM. They and we want to be part of the local community, so we'll we'll get you set up with them, so you can do a bit of shouting about it. Sure. Um, and I look forward to our paths crossing again very soon. I'm sure. Amazing. Okay. Thank you. Okie dokie. Well, that was okay. it. That's another, 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 no. I kind of mixed the words up there. You can make That's it up. another Edible Valley podcast. We've been going since 2011. We absolutely love it. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you for listening. Cheers. And that wraps up another episode of the Edible Valley podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And a special thanks goes to the local businesses that help support our podcast. They make it possible for us to showcase your local food community. We'd love you to follow us on your preferred social media at Edible Valley, where you can check out our blog, find recipes and tips, behind the scenes, and of course, keep a lookout for where we are going to turn up next in your Edible Valley. <laughs> there we go. Surprise, surprise. Ah, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. <laughs>
That's way when better. When in doubt, make sure it's plugged in. Yeah, <laughs> Coming through loud and clear. Okay, good job. All right, let's move the microphone there. We really need to do a basics podcast course. We've only been doing this for 12 years. Come yeah, on. You think we'd know yeah. <laughs> okay. And this has been an Edible Valley production. Yeah, beep, 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 beep. Okay, ready again?